0: It's Friday, it's Friday, whatever you want to call it, weekend is just about here. Divisional weekend kicks off this Saturday, but the Bengals and Bills will square off in Buffalo at Highmark Stadium this Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern. Couldn't be more excited about it. Welcome into another postseason preview divisional round edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast. Muhammad Ahmad back with the whole posse of Andrew Gillis and Mike Nislik. And just as we speculated all week... Alex Kappa and Jonah Williams are going to be a no-go for this weekend. Zach Taylor ruled them out Friday, so that means we're going to see Max Sharping start once again for Kappa. We're likely going to see Jackson Carmen start at left tackle, uh, in place of Jonah Williams. That would be Carmen's first start this year after he saw a couple snaps, uh, each of the last two weeks, especially last week when Williams went down in the wild card round. Uh, Trey Flowers, who went out in that same wild card game, he is doubtful. For Sunday, so I'd imagine we see a lot more Mike Hilton and a lot more Dax Hill at that, especially when it comes to covering Dawson Knox, who um, is going to be a challenge for any defense, including the Bengals. But, like we talked about all week, we knew it was going to be a problem. We knew it was going to be an issue with the offensive line. But now that we know for sure, with certainty, that Joe Burrow is not going to be with three-fifths of a starting offensive line, Simply put, how do we feel about that?
2: Not good. Um, <laughs> you know, the yeah. um, you you, you kind of look at, you know, where, where the line is. I mean, they haven't played a lot together. Um, you know, I, I remember early in the season, I think, you know, everybody was talking about his offensive line kind of being, you know, the same as it was during last year's playoff run. And you really saw them, you know, improve significantly from, from week one to week two, to week three, Uh, you know, we're in week one and week two, I believe it was 13 sacks that they gave up combined uh, against the Steelers and the Cowboys. So, um, you know, those are, I mean, that's not a number that you, that you want to have. So I I think that just even if, you know, whatever you think of those guys individually, it's going to take some time. Um, and I think that that's kind of the scary part here for for the Bengals and for Joe Burrow is that, you know, last year I mentioned this on, on Monday and Wednesday, like, you kind of think of this and go, okay, this is a little bit similar to last year's playoff run where you're your patchwork in the offensive line, um, you know, Burrow got sacked nine times last year against the Titans in the playoffs, they still won, but uh, that's not that's not a performance you want to repeat because you're you're not going to win many games if your quarterback's getting sacked nine times. So yeah, it's a huge concern, and and to me, it's one of the two storylines that uh, that are really going to decide uh, Sunday's game in Buffalo.
1: What's the other one?
2: Well, we'll get there.
0: Yeah, See, that's we'll, called teasing like the that. listener, Mike. Is it, is See, that's cold. good. What's Andrew's te- catching on.
2: Is it called by you? Well, yeah, I have a beanie on. It's um, <laughs> so is right by my apartment. Not, Doesn't not a,
1: a heat heat in your apartment? You just look very cold.
2: Yeah, so uh, I'm wearing a coat and a beanie um, because my so my apartment. It's currently set at 71, which is like you know a nice temperature for the winter. But the problem is where I do my podcast at my desk, it's right next to uh, my window in my bedroom and doesn't really have good ventilation. (laughs) So, Like every once in a while, if I get a breeze, it just, it just, I get a, like a whiff of cold air.
1: I remember Um, in college, you put the plastic over the windows.
2: I've considered that. Like to just like tape up the cracks or, Puts yeah, put, yeah. Put plastic over the craps. Or, right. well, craps this had or nothing to do so. with the
1: offensive line. I was just curious. You look very cold. So I felt. That. I am um, very cold actually right, right now. He's getting ready uh, for so Buffalo, should, man. He's got to get through ready this quickly so he could warm up. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> we talked about it all week. Uh, you know, the they it was a position of strength, and now it's a, it's the major question mark. I think the confidence uh, is it bluster. I mean, the, the 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 Bengals have gone as far as they can to downplay sort of you know how this will impact the offense how this will impact the communication but um I do think you know um uh, it's, it's a huge uh question mark I mean you can't three-fifths and, and, and all in the matter of three weeks right at the end of the season you know it's not like they've had a whole you know eight half of a season to prepare it's just tough I I, I think it's you know it'll it, like you like you said Andrew it'll decide the game or come close to it
0: yeah, and I want to definitely pick Andrews Brandon on what the other thing is going to be, although I think I know it's going to be. But, you know, Andrew mentioned that nine-sack game Burrow had in Tennessee, and we've talked about it all week. I know people who follow football extensively know that that is a game you don't want to remember for the Bengals because nine sacks is the most against a quarterback in a game in playoff history. Only Warren Moon has been sacked that many times in a playoff game when he played for the Oilers back in the 90s. But I actually went back and I watched some of that film. Um, I just focused on the sacks, obviously. And I know I'd have to kind of like look again, but I want to say there was at least three or four sacks where I think Burrow could have thrown the ball, but just didn't take the shot. Maybe he was waiting for a window to open up or he saw the pressure coming and just didn't kind of have that elusiveness that he has now. It's not a knock on him. I think it's to say that as bad as that was last year, he wouldn't make some of those same decisions now. He's better with his check check downs. Like I said, I think he's one of the most pinpoint accurate pastors in the league, even with respect to. Josh Allen, who we can talk about in a bit and Patrick Mahomes, but his accuracy is on point. His quickness is on point with his feet. And that goes back to, you know, like you said, last year was his first year since he tore his ACL. Not that he wasn't mobile. He made mobile plays, but like I said, and I made this analogy with Tom Brady, like 2009, Tom Brady, which is the year after he tore his ACL and the season opener the year before was not the same as the Tom Brady that won MVP the year after. So, the burrow we saw last year was good, but there's a lot of growth that we've seen from the burrow this year. So I don't say this to downplay the offensive line. Cause like Mike said, I think the Bengals have really kind of downplayed it. Cause you know, you hear them talk about Jackson Carman's, you know, progress, how they're proud of him. Um, which, you know, it sounds like maybe there is some growth there. Although I just don't know. It's enough to you really downplay how bad this is going to be uh, up front. But, I think Joe Burrow, for what it's worth, he's gonna get attacked by four rushers, like we've talked about. Um, it's not gonna be pretty, and I think he will get sacked at least three times. Like, if you want to kind of set that over under on how many times he'll get sacked, I think three is more than fair. You could even say three and a half, but by no means is it gonna be a seven, eight, nine sack game like we saw against the Titans, or like we saw against you know even in the Rams. You know, they sacked him seven times in the Super Bowl because that was another elite pass rush, but. I mean, how much faith do you guys have that Joe Burrow will be that Joe Shiestu we have seen all year where, yeah, he'll take some hits, he'll get sacked, but it's not going to be like an 8-9 sack game like we saw last year?
2: I mean, he's got to get rid of the ball. I don't know if it's, um, you know, I, I think, you know, one of the things that, um, you know, I think Mike might have mentioned something about this, you know, at the postgame show or on the Monday show where, you know, you you have a week. Um, you have a week to kind of prepare Um, get these guys ready, get these guys kind of acclimated to, uh, to what the offense is going to look like. And uh, I mean, you got to get rid of the ball as quickly as possible. Um, and if those guys can hang on, you know, maybe you can start to work in some deeper shots later, but you just can't, you can't go into a game expecting to run your normal offense. Um, because if you do, I think that that's a recipe for disaster because, you know, yeah, you, like I said, you could point to that game against the Titans last year and say, okay, well he escaped danger there and you know, we can still win if he does this, but I mean, he was the first quarterback in playoff history to ever do that. Like you, you can't win games like this. So um, yeah, you've got to get rid of the ball quickly. You've got to adjust. And um, yeah, if if you don't adjust, you're, you're in trouble. I, I, like I said, you know, they can feel however they want about about their offensive line, um, but if the you know a couple of guys on the front on the uh, offensive line mentioned last year or last week that the Bills really came after him uh, in in that week seventeen game for those two series that they had. The Bills are not really a blitz heavy team, and they really came after him in that game in week seventeen. Uh, you know they really tried to force pressure on Burrow, really tried to make him uncomfortable, force him into bad positions. They just saw the Ravens do it. Uh, the ravens did a really good job of that they allowed 17 offensive points like that i think that's the recipe so it's uh you you've got to adjust your game plan or or else you're in big trouble
1: well and he could still be productive and the offensive line could still struggle i mean you know i think the yeah. key will be limiting the damage and also it'll depend on how much you know they have to drop back i mean if it becomes a shootout i mean you expect them to obviously broaden i mean pass more than they're going to run the ball but if it becomes a shootout and, um, you know, he's thrown 50 times. Um, uh, you know, it's going to be hard to sort of, um, you know, I think keep clean, um, uh, in the, in those, those situations. So, um, yeah, I think it's, I, I mean, he's going to be certainly capable. I think he will put up numbers, but, um, you know, a poorly timed sacks could, could, you know, be very destructive in a game where, um, you know, it feels like the team who has the ball last could win. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think those aren't necessarily, um, you know, if the offensive line struggles, I don't necessarily think Joe Burrow struggles, but the offense in general, um, might suffer a setback or two.
0: Down in distance is going to be so big with those sacks because going back to the tape I watched on that Titans game last year, two of those sacks came on third down, including the Bengals last drive on offense. Burrow got sacked on like a it was a third and three or a third and eight, somewhere in that range. And, you know, that gave the Titans the ball back. And, of course, we all know what happened. Eli Apple tipped the pass from Ryan Tannehill. Logan Wilson picks it. Then Burrow gets back in the saddle and, you know, sets him up for a game-winning field goal. But you don't want to be in that position where you need Eli Apple or Logan Wilson or Jermaine Pratt to have another miracle like Sam Hubbard had or like, you know, Von Bell had. Or, you know, obviously, like, you're. I think – and this I'll get into with my prediction, but like there's going to have to be a takeaway. You're going to have to win that game. They won the takeaway game throughout the playoffs, even when they lost in the Super Bowl. They had a better turnover margin against the Rams despite the loss, which was not on the defense. But um, you're going to have to win that turnover battle, but you don't want to have to rely on it to the point where, like, a last-second drive could give the Bills the win the same way the Titans We're just literally yards away from kicking a game-winning field goal with Randy Bullock. You don't don't want to be in that situation. If you're going to take a sack, the last thing you want it to be is on third down because that's what haunted the Bengals last year where they are lucky, frankly, to be honest, that in that case they made it. So if you're going to get sacked, anything but third down, especially late in the game where you have Josh Allen on the other side trying to get a game-winning drive, which we've seen him do this year, including, you know, Even back, what, in December when they beat the Dolphins, that was a heck of a game winning drive. So that is the biggest thing. But like you said, it's not going to be the, you know, Burrow struggling. It's going to be the offense struggling in regard to the offensive line. But Andrew, I want to get back to what you said. You said the game will come down to the offensive line and one other thing give it away. Like the Red Hot Chili Peppers, give it away, give it away, give it away now.
1: Um, is this prediction too? Well,
0: yeah,
2: I was gonna say, is this prediction or prop bet because they're both oh, no, tied I into.
0: You, you, them. Also, is this like your prop bet or was it something just general about like the game?
2: Well, it, I mean, it, it's general about the game, but it's the reason why I picked my prop bet with what I did, and the reason why I picked my prediction with what I did. All um, right, will kick,
0: kick it off so, then. Lay, lay here, it so on we'll us. do.
2: So we'll do. Um, We'll do prediction because I think we do predictions first. Um, So I picked uh, Bengals 27-24. This is the second week in a row I picked an upset. It obviously didn't work out for me last week. uh, (laughs) But I felt felt pretty good about the process of that one. Um, The Bengals lost by seven – or, excuse me, the Bengals won by seven in a game that the Ravens fumbled inside the one-yard line of Cincinnati. So uh, I felt that I was kind of on the money on that one. So I feel kind of – I had that same gut feel this week. Um, you know, you look at the bills and I think that, you know, you could point to a lot of different things and say like, they, I I think pretty fairly, you can say that they're the most complete team in the AFC in terms of offense and defense. Um, Kansas city's defense is not very good. Uh, I think Buffalo's offense is, you know, even if a step below Cincinnati's, I think Buffalo's defense is right there. I mean, they're second in points for in the league, second in points against they're really, really good, but. I think the one thing that can really turn this tide besides, you know, the offensive line, uh, is turnovers. And, and we saw it last week with, with what, what it's, what one turnover can do. Obviously, I'm not expecting, you know, there to be 14 point swings on every turnover, but I mean, Josh Allen's thrown five interceptions in his last three games. Um, you know, he is a real risk taker. He's somebody that's going to try to hit a home run ball on. Almost every throw that he makes, um, if, you know, if you go look at his passing chart uh, against last week uh, against the Dolphins, I mean, it, it was pretty crazy how much he's just willing to throw it to any and all areas of the field, especially down the field. So if you're able to get one or two of those turnovers, I think, uh, I think you're going to be feeling good because Joe Burrow does not turn the ball over. Um, you know, he's only thrown eight interceptions since that week two game against the uh, against the Cowboys. Uh, obviously, we know a handful of those were just kind of like picked out of the air just randomly by T.J. Watt. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think the Bengals are actually going to walk into Buffalo and win. Um, I, I, and I think turnovers are going to play a big part. I think if the offensive line can hold up just a little bit. You know, just give him barely enough time. I think they're going to get the ball out quick. And Burrow, you just don't anticipate him turning the ball over. I think Josh Allen will. And uh, I think that's why the Bengals are going to go back to the AFC Championship game, probably to Kansas City. But we'll see.
0: So I'm going to jump in yeah, and say I, I am with. Go ahead. What's up, Mike? Go ahead. Did I? Did you want to go ahead?
1: No, you're, you're fine.
0: Okay. All you, Muhammad. <laughs> Oh me. Let's get it. All right. Uh, like I said, Andrew, I'm with you. Um, I have the Bengals, too. I have them winning. I have them winning by a similar score, 20-17. to 17. Um, I think it's going to be by a field goal. As a matter of fact, since we're getting specific with predictions, I'm going to say they went by a field goal, and they went by a field goal at the buzzer. I'm calling it Evan McPherson like he did. In the Bengals' last two playoff games leading up to the Super Bowl last year, he's going to kick game-winning field goals. I don't want to predict how far they're going to be because, I mean, for all we know, it could be within the 30, within the 40, I don't know, within the 20. Uh, but he's he's Money Mac for a reason. He earned that title just from the playoff performances he had last year, not missing a single field goal. I know it's a different story this year, but, again, Money Mac. Put your money on Money Mac. Uh, but, you know, like you said, Andrew, um And I've been so harsh talking about Josh Allen this week, especially when you and I were talking about him the other day. Look, here's the thing. Look at his stats since week six. And by the way, this is not a vindication against him because I understand he's he's had elbow issues since then. And that probably explains why he's had those interceptions he's thrown the last couple games. But since week six, he is in the bottom 10 for passing yards, touchdowns, and completion percentage among all quarterbacks since week six. His interceptions, though, flip that. He's in the top 10 among all quarterbacks in that stretch. Um, again, I think it's not really him. It's more so the elbow issue. I probably would not be saying this if he didn't have that problem. But at the same time, too, and I understand this because he is really good at this, and I'm not going to deny he has those nice, flashy plays because he's so big and fast. But like, I think that can be deceiving, though. Like, yeah, he'll do that to you. But then he'll just wipe it out, like against the Dolphins, where he had those two or three, uh, two interceptions in that fumble that was taken for a touchdown. Against, I'm, I'm going to be a bully for saying this against Skylar Thompson, but more specifically the Skylar Thompson led Dolphins. Um, and again, Dolphins defense is good, but so is the Bengals, especially in the red zone. I think that's where the game is going to be won in the red zone. Who can stop either? red zone the best and who can outdo the other the best. And uh, we saw how the Bengals red zone defense won the game last week. We saw how efficient the Bengals have been in the red zone. At one point this year when since week five, after that field shuffle pass, they were what they were they scored on 17 straight red zone drives. So um a lot of confidence for me there. Um, and again, I think with Burrow and I'm actually gonna get into my prop bet with this later Um, he's going to be shysty. And I don't mean like Joe shysty, like he's going to be just moving on his feet. He's going to keep plays alive, honestly, in some ways, like the way Josh Allen does, if not better, uh, because he really has no choice. But I also just think, like I said, he's gotten so much better at that, that, uh, the bills are going to have their hands full, which by the way, uh, Daquan Jones and Jordan Phillips, uh, two of their defensive tackles both questionable with calf and shoulder injuries respectively. So, I mean, even their defense front is going to be a little bit hobbled, not too hobbled, but I think enough where Burrow is going to be Burrow. And then I just think with the way Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd have played in the postseason, there's a confidence, there's an energy there that I think is going to be too much for Kair Elam and Jordan Poyer, who seems supposed to play. Again, Pro Bowl safety, one of the best in the league in my opinion, but I just think the Bengals are going to be so well prepared for the Bills. Um, they've seen enough tape on them in the last month leading up to that Monday night game and since then. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, Bengals 20, Bills 17, and it's going to be a game-winning field goal from Evan McPherson. I'm calling it right now.
1: You, Don, you didn't want to go over the backup safeties or anything? Um, <laughs> the, uh, the, you guys are, um, I think, underselling a little bit Kind of the, you know, I, I think Andrew, you mentioned this might be one of the co- most complete teams of football. You know, they're at home. I think that's going to be a tough place to play on Sunday. Um, I think that this offense is uh, very good, um, and good at surviving mistakes. I mean, uh, you mentioned those five turnovers and, um, they've scored 34 points or more in those three games. Uh, so it's obviously, um, not slowed them down um and i think when you know you can kind of uh, compare it the uh bengal's have had long stretches of inefficiency on offense sort of almost this last month and a half really um and and you know i think Maybe Buffalo turns it over, but I also think, you know, the Bengals are going to have to overcome some of that where that they, they tend to go in a shell a little bit, um, and, and struggle for, for long stretches. Um, even though there's those, you know, quick outbursts that they just, um, can never seem to put the p- complete game together. Um, and Buffalo, I think can score, um, much more consistently or have shown to, um, uh, despite the turnover. So I, I think they, they'll have the edge, uh, especially at home, um, you know, I, I, want to, I don't want to say it, the, the same points that they had last week, but it feels like 34-28 around there. Uh, I still think they get over 30, which is kind of where they've averaged all season. A uh, close game, but I think Buffalo ends up surviving.
0: So we got our contrarian. It was Andrew last week. This week it's Mike. And for all we know, if the Bengals are still alive, it could be me next week. Who knows, guys? I, I always got something up my sleeve, so... Uh, But but, but I do hear you, though, Mike. I mean, I would say if the Bengals don't win, I could see it being by that score. So I'm not totally opposed to your prediction there. But again, I don't think they're going to lose. But if they did, I wouldn't be shocked if that was the score because it could be that type of game. But when we come back, we're going to have more predictions, including prop bets. And we're going to give our final thoughts heading into the weekend. But before we go to break, if you haven't already sign up for Cincinnati football insider, go to cleveland.com slash Bengals, click on that bright blue banner at the top of the page. You can sign up for free. It's a 14 day free trial. And if you want to stick with it, it's four 99 a month. We give you exclusive insider information, podcasts, stories, and much, much more. Sign up at cleveland.com slash Bengals. We'll be right back on the Strictly Stripes podcast. And thanks for staying with us on the Strictly Stripes podcast. So uh, picking up from where I left off with my prediction, uh, as I mentioned, a big part of why the Bengals will stay in this game and win it is because Joe Burrow is really going to have no choice but to kind of use his legs to evade the pressure he's going to have to face uh, from the way his offensive line is looking. DraftKings has the over-under on his rushing yard set at 11.5 yards. You can bet, literally figuratively bet, that Joe Burrow is going to get over that. Uh, He's had more games than not this year where he's uh, rushed for that many yards or more. Even if you factor in the few sacks he's had, especially uh, since the second half of this season, and again, um, it's not like... Burrell is the kind of quarterback like a Mahomes or Allen who just takes off and does the the fancy stuff, especially because you know he's always said that his legs are kind of a last resort, something he's kept in his back pocket since he was in college. Total opposite for those other names I mentioned, but um, I'm not saying he's gonna look like Mahomes. I'm not saying he's gonna look like Allen for better or worse, but he may so he might show some shades of that um, in a do or die game. Cause that's like what well, he always says it's do or die time. And I think when it's do or die, you, you gotta use any last resort you got. And uh, that includes his legs. And, you know, like I said, I think, you know, we're not going to see as much from Joe Mixon. I know the over under on uh, his rushing yards is forty six and a half He could definitely hit that number. Although I'm not optimistic. He's likely to, but um, even though, we're gonna see the ball more in Burrow's hands. Uh he will do a lot with his legs. He'll make enough impactful plays with his legs. And that's why you should go over Joe Burrow eleven and a half rushing yards. Who wants to go next?
1: I'll, I'll let Andrew go.
0: You volunteer All as right. tribute, Andrew?
1: Sure.
2: Um, <laughs> I will uh so I picked kind of like I was talking about with my prediction, um Josh Allen to throw an interception is minus one fifty five uh, on DraftKings at least not not the greatest odds in the world, um, but I do like that because I think he's gonna I think he's gonna give you one. Um, the weather doesn't appear to be a major factor, uh, so I think both teams are, are really not going to be afraid of throwing the ball. Um, you know, I think especially for the time of year and the city that you're playing in, you kind of dodged a bullet there. Um, so you know, really, there's not going to be any constraints on throwing the ball or anything like that. Uh, so I think, you know, Josh Allen, he's going to, he's going to air it out. I think he's going to give the Bengals one, at least one, Uh, you know, he, he's typically prone to do that. Um, there's a, you know, I mentioned this before, you know, he's, you know, kind of the stereotypical no, 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 yes, yes, yes. Quarterback where, you know, sometimes you're, you're like, Oh my God, what is he doing? And then it works out in the end. Uh, Cause he's got a killer arm. So uh, I, I think he's going to give you one. Um, the over-under is 48 and a half for this game right now. So, you know, Vegas is kind of predicting, uh, which, by the way, I think five and a half is too many points. Um, but you know, Vegas is kind of predicting like a twenty-seven, twenty-one final for Buffalo. Um, so you know, they're not anticipating a low score. I think last week, you know, kind of was that. This week, you, you're pretty confident that both teams are going to throw the ball. Um, so I think, uh, I think betting on Josh Allen to to make at least one you know pretty big mistake isn't uh, isn't necessarily the craziest thing.
1: Not at all. Um, I'm going with uh, passing yards. You know, to to back, you got to kind of go with the game that you kind of set up with the prediction, and so I said sort of a high scoring one, obviously. Um, and so I, I think there's going to be a lot of production through the air. Uh, these are both teams that um, like to pass the ball um, with Joe Burrow, the over-under is two seventy nine and a half. and a half. Josh Allen is 277 and a half. I feel more confident about Allen uh, in the playoffs. He's uh, seven career playoff games. He's gone over that mark and five of them went over last week. Um, and so I think he pretty easily sails past that. Burrow has hasn't had that sort of big game in in, in a little bit here, um, and I think that uh, this one will be that. I think they're going to need him to throw, uh, be more productive, um, to get to kind of get down the field and and, and keep pace uh, with Buffalo. So I go over on on both of the quarterbacks with the yards at minus one fifteen at DraftKings.
0: I was gonna say, Andrew. Speaking of last week's game, what was the official like right before kickoff? What was the the line for the Bengals? How much were they favored
2: by again? Uh, I think it was eight and a half. uh, If memory serves, it was eight and a half with like an over. I saw nine and it got up to nine and a half and ten and a half at one point during the week. But I believe it closed at eight and a half with like an over under of forty and a half. Was, um, it was close. So it, I mean, it, what? Cause, the Hubbard play pushed it over. But yeah, that that's crazy.
0: Yeah, because well, yeah, forty-one points. Yeah, forty-one points. Wow. Yeah, man. If you were if you were betting the over, Sam Hubbard, ha, you you, you got to love that guy. But no, I was just wondering because I was trying to think if Vegas was close on that. It sounds like they were. So I mean, who knows? Vegas usually gets. They're these always things,
2: they're, right? o- they're always close. Yeah, they're they're yeah. always right on the money or at least close to it.
0: Yeah, but you know. Like Joe Burrow says, like Joe Mixon has said, and like really the whole locker room has said this week, we're never an underdog. But there's one person uh, in many circles around the league who couldn't be more vocal.
1: They they, they said we don't feel like underdogs. They never said we are never underdogs because they've all been underdogs. They are factually an underdog. And they never,
0: okay, thank you for the correction, Mr. Nizek. They don't that's feel no like problem. underdogs. But there is someone in many prominent NFL circles who feels strongly the opposite. And that's someone that I know. Andrew, you're familiar with this guy, so I'm going to pick pick on you a little bit. But uh, Eric Weddle, the former All-Pro safety who played 14 years in the league, was on Kay Adams' show on NFL Network on Thursday. And he said point blank. The Bengals have zero chance against the Bills, and he also doubled down by saying that they should not be in this position because they quote-unquote snuck out a close one against the Ravens, which, I mean, the score would say that, but I also think they, okay, maybe he makes a point there, I don't know, actually, I have a hard time arguing that because that was a pretty close game that, like, could have been lost, like Andrew talked about, but, Adrian, I want to just ask you because – wait, did you cover Eric Weddle in his last year in Baltimore? I want to ask you that first. Did you ever nope. cover him? No, he,
2: he he left after the 2018 season, um, <laughs> you, and then I started in 19.
0: Do you think he just has a very strong pro-Ravens, anti-Bengals bias, or is he really on to something here? Uh, he, did, he did play uh, for them for three years, so I don't know if yeah, it's that. Yeah, I mean,
2: or, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. Um, I think, you know, when you, when you have these, um, you know, kind of things pop up, it's there's, cause there's another, I'm sure there's another former player out there who's like, you know, the Bengals are going to beat the bills. Uh, the Bengals have the best chance to beat the bills. So I I don't know. Um, you know, to me, I think, um, I think Weddle's right that they, you know, they did kind of sneak out of the Ravens game. Yeah. Um, I think the players kind of felt that too, but, um, I mean, it's a new week now and I I don't know. I, I I don't really read too much into that.
0: I want to wrap up with this though. Um, people can't see this, but we're recording our podcast on Riverside. Mike behind you, you have, it looks like about four or five rows of video games, like straight across your entire, you know, bookshelf or whatever it is. Are you like a really big video game guy? Cause I did not notice this until I saw your screen with the background.
1: Uh, I am um you know more collecting right now than playing cuz you know there's not much time but uh I've uh amassed a quite a few games and uh with kids it's nice to um have you know let them play through the classics and uh raise them correctly so I've <laughs> gone through it and, and tried to do that
0: That's awesome. Hey, Andrew, do you play you play video games?
2: Uh every once in a while I play Madden and then I get mad that the game is terrible and turn it off and go to bed. Um, not a ton. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm a frequenter of video games, especially during this season.
0: Man, I'll have to pitch this idea to our other fellow Cleveland.com reporters on the Browns beat and Ohio state beat and the other beats, but we should have like a Cleveland.com like sports reporter all Madden tournament, like, I actually think that would be really cool, especially if you want to get, like, the Browns people and the Ohio State people on the football beat, that would be a lot of fun, that would be really cool, but, I mean, no offense, guys, like, if if I'm playing either of you guys in Madden, I mean, you're going to quit by the first quarter, you're just going to hit the exit button and just hit wraps, because, I don't know, there's just something, when I have that controller in my hand, in my case, a Xbox controller, because I used to play that in high school, people would just leave out of anger and say, oh, this guy is rigging the game, but. Hey, man, that's just how we do. I, I actually do want to do that, though. I, I, we, ha- we have to play each other in Madden one day, and then we're going to do a podcast dedicated to just how the games went, especially in the offseason when we have some downtime. What do you say to that? Maybe, yes, no?
2: Sure. Um, <laughs> when, My, Mike's got the console, I mean, so we'll,
0: we'll have him hook it up.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, does Mike have a big TV? Because that'd be fun. There we go. He's He's nodding. He's nodding. Yes. He's
0: nodding. Yes. That's an affirmative. Well, until then, though, hopefully what we see on Sunday is a Madden game because Madden in real life, nothing beats that. That's why football is awesome. That's why the playoffs are great. Stay tuned. We're going to have our post game podcast in Buffalo at Highmark Stadium as we break down everything from that game and moving forward based on how the Bengals perform but make sure you join us. We'd love to have you in. Once again, for myself, Mike Nislik, and Andrew Gillis, I'm Muhammad Ahmad. Catch you Sunday. If you going to Buffalo, stay warm, stay safe.